three episodes. This was not just a crazy random idea we started or had in, the, in a basement and did one episode and stopped it. We are committed to it's my real. left. It's real. To oh, my it's left, Kyle. it's Kyle. You started talking before I introduced you. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. And then to my right... Got Hunter Thorpe. This wasn't a crazy idea out of the basement. It was a crazy idea out of a college ministry. Mm. Yes. That God has ordained. Yes. And Indeed. blessed to succeed. Not all things that God ordained is necessarily good, JD. <laughs> Give me an example. I mean... God ordained that the fall would occur. It doesn't mean that the fall was good. Good answer. You passed the test. All right. You can continue to be on the podcast. <laughs> and we are joined for the first time ever, boys and girls. Just boys. I mean, girls are probably maybe listening. There's just boys in this room. My Our wife first... listens to this. No, good. Yeah, she did. She did post. She it. was excited about the third she one. She preeminently yes. striked yes. the first promotion post which we will start promoting it after this episode drops. But we are joined by our first ever guest on the podcast in the illustrious Ankeny Free Church podcast studio that as you can look around for those in here and then listeners, um, it's still under construction. There are still soundproofing panels that need to be put up. There's a ladder that is right by the wall. Half the room is painted. Uh, so it really is a work in progress. But you know what I'm glad isn't a work in progress? God's love for me. It's a finished work. Praise God. Here's our guest, Calvin Miller. Calvin, how are you? Good. How are you, JD? It's the first time on your podcast, I can tell. That's okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Joseph Eller, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're happy to be here. <laughs> and I'm glad you're here, both of you. We're going to dive on into our devotional. And by the way, we're going to share why they are being interviewed, not just because they are awesome dudes and we love them, Amen. but because they are here for a purpose. And uh, we'll chat about that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, we need to start off with our devotional for the podcast. Hunter, take it away. Thank you, JD. So today, I will be honest, didn't have a bunch of time to put together something. So I decided to go to the Prince of Preachers and his morning and evening devotion. Great book. And so I'm starting with his August 13th, which is today's evening devotion, from Genesis 9.15. And that passage is, And I will remember my covenant. Mark the form of the promise. God does not say, and when you look upon the bow and you shall remember my covenant, then I will not destroy the earth. But it is gloriously put not upon our memory, which is fickle and frail, but upon God's memory, which is infinite and immutable. The bow shall not be or shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember my everlasting covenant. Oh, it is not my remembering God, it is God's remembering me, which is the ground of my safety. It is not my laying hold of the covenant, but his covenant's laying hold of me. Glory be to God, the whole of the bulwarks of salvation are secured by divine power, and even the minor towers which we may imagine might have been left to man and guarded by almighty strength. Even the remembrance of the covenant is not left to our memories, for we might forget, but our Lord cannot forget the saints whom he has graven on the palm of his hand. It is with us as with Israel in Egypt. The blood was upon the lintel and the two-side post, but the Lord did not say, When you see the blood, I will pass over you, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you. My looking to Jesus brings me joy and peace, but it is God's looking to Jesus which secures my salvation and that of all his elect, since it is impossible for God to look at Christ, our bleeding surety, and then to be angry at us for sins already punished in him. No, 
It is not left with us even to be saved by remembering the covenant. There is no Lindsay Woolsey here. Not a single thread of the creature marred in fabric. It is not of man, neither by man, but of the Lord alone. We should remember the covenant, and we shall do it through divine grace. But the hinge of our safety does not hang there. It is God's remembering us, not our remembering him. And hence, the covenant is an everlasting covenant. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Hunter. That was hey, good. Did you guys notice there's a rainbow outside right now? I did see that when I was coming in today. You know what? I'm all for making rainbows great again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Back to their original purpose. Mm. <laughs> Better than what they are now. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, uh, we are off and rolling. Well, guys, today's topic, we are talking about evangelism. Last episode, we talked about Protestantism versus Catholicism. That was part one. There will for sure obviously be a part two and possibly even a part three. We'll just see how the next uh, episode on that, how long it takes us. But we're taking a break from that conversation and we're diving into a conversation and the topic of personal evangelism, personal evangelism. And I know in the first episode I mentioned the Romans road and both uh, Kyle and you, Hunter, you guys did not know uh, what that was. Calvin, Joe, do you guys know what the Romans road is? Can't say anything. It's okay. So the Romans Road is essentially a set of verses from the book of Romans that helps systematically walk someone through the gospel narrative and why they should accept Christ. So it starts, you know, Romans 3, 23, Romans 6, 23, Romans 10, 9. There are a handful of others thrown in there as well. But that's the Romans Road. Today, we're not going to be walking through that. Um, and before we interview Calvin and Joe, I'm going to be sharing some things from a book that I read when I was in college taking Evangelism 101 my freshman year, and that's from the book called Sharing Jesus Without Fear. Now, when you think of personal evangelism, and this is a question for anyone in the room, what do you, what comes to your mind when I say the words personal evangelism? I think there's two different things I think of. One of them is somebody who meets with an individual one-on-one, gets coffee, gets to know them, but also has those spiritual conversations that are important. I have a friend that that's actually his uh, primary way of doing ministry in Kazakhstan. He meets with people one-on-one. He has those conversations, and they hopefully get to know the Lord a little bit better. Um, another way to do it, which I think is less uh, helpful, is going door-to-door to people and just arguing with them, which I've seen it done that way. It's personal in the sense that you're going to somebody's house and doing it, but it's not personal in the sense that you actually know the individual that you're talking with. Yeah, so when I think of personal evangelism, I think of... Just a lifestyle. So like personal evangelism, I know like some people think of a program or, you know, growing up in my independent fundamental Baptist home church, it was a night of the week, Thursday nights, they go out door knocking, right? And they go on visitation. And some people would be people who had, you know, just recently visited the church. And so certain people from our church would go out into their home and visit them. Uh, or they just randomly go door to door in a certain neighborhood, um, just you know, talking with people about God or Jesus, maybe have a questionnaire. So you might think of that like a program or a ministry. But when I, th- when I think about personal evangelism, I-, I think about just a lifestyle. It's just where it's so natural for you to talk about the gospel, talk about your faith, talk about who Jesus is, that it doesn't seem strange or it doesn't seem weird or, or, or you know, sort, sort of, sort of alienish to talk about these things 
outside of the church walls. Does that make sense? So, and, and what I want to want, what, what we want to encourage you listeners is to have that sort of lifestyle where it's not abnormal to talk about Jesus at Hy-Vee. It's not abnormal to talk about Jesus at your work. If you know, that's allowed, it's not abnormal to talk about Jesus with a family member that possibly doesn't know uh, Christ. And we want this to be uh, kind of just really, just really casual and just rolls off of your personal spiritual life. And, with this book, and I'd recommend uh, you read it, Sharing Jesus Without Fear. Um, th- this isn't like a, a questionnaire. I would like for you to sit you know, someone down and take them through. I'd like for you listeners, and even for me, I have this written down in my Bible, the front flap of my Bible. Actually, it's the back flap, rather, the back flap of my Bible. To where if, I've ever, I'm, if I'm ever in, the oppor- in, 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 a, in a situation or an opportunity where I can share Jesus with someone, I, I want to share them, share with them these verses. Um, uh, I also have this uh, document on my phone where I can easily pull it up. It's just right here accessible if I don't, for some reason, have my physical Bible with me. But here are really just seven verses that are very, very easy that I feel like anyone, you know, particularly I'm in student ministry. I, I feel like a sixth grader could lead another sixth grader through these seven Verses. So here's the first one, Romans 3.23. There are uh, three passages from Romans that make up the seven. But Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hunter, Kyle, why is it important to start off with where Romans 3.23 starts us off in that conversation? You won't know your need of a Savior, or rather, you won't know that you need a Savior until you know why you need a Savior. Without knowing you're sinful, and this is just yeah. building off what he said, if you don't know you're sinful, why do you need a Savior? And I think that's actually one of the first things we have to do as a evangelist nowadays is convincing people that they are indeed sinful. I think there's a lot of people who don't believe they are, in fact, sinful. Yeah, Calvin and Joe, like, you know, if you watch things, um, you know, certain videos on YouTube, these, um, you know, evangelists or... Um, uh, apologists or things like that. One of the first things they talk with about people is the idea of original sin and the idea that that the that the average person or really anyone is not, you know, inherently good. That that uh, you like you know the the wretched YouTube channel. Have you seen that? The right where I mean that's what he and he goes to the Ten Commandments. Yep. Have you broken these? And they go, well, no, I'm pretty much a good person. He goes, okay, well, have you lied? Have you? Uh, lusted in your heart. Okay, well, you just committed adultery. Um, have, have you, you know, put anything up above God in your life? We've well, just committed idolatry. And he goes down, and most people have committed almost all, if not all, uh, Ten Commandments. I mean, most people he interviews hasn't hasn't murdered, but they have hated someone in their heart, which the Bible says is the same as murdering them. So he he walks people through this. So that's why it's so important to start off. For all have sinned, and that includes us. That includes your sweet old dear grandma. That includes our little kids. I'm sure that's the Pope. Yes, it includes the 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 most influential pastor you can think of. Um, for all have sinned, and then because of that, we have fallen short of the glory of God. What does that phrase mean? Quickly, falling short of the glory of God is falling short of what God requires of us in order to quote unquote save ourselves. If we are to save ourselves, we have to perfectly live up to God's law. And by sinning, we have fallen short of that mark of perfection. 
Yeah, so falling short of the glory of God, that, that is perfection, otherwise known as the standard that Jesus set. Um, and So because we have sinned just once, we have fallen short of that, of that mark. Second verse is Romans 6, 23. For, all, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whenever I use this verse to talk with someone about the gospel, I always take them to, okay, what happens when you're done eating at a restaurant? What does the waiter or waitress bring you? They bring you a bill. That is what you owe for eating at that restaurant, for, for, for consuming the food, for drinking the drinks. That's what you now owe the, the restaurant for eating there. And I say that that wages, that's what you're owed for the wages of sin. What you owe now because of your sin, even just one, is death. Why? Because we've fallen short of the standard of perfection that God has set for us. And I love, I love big butts in the Bible, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love how Paul, in his letter to the, to the Christians in Rome, doesn't leave us in, but for the wages of sin is death. Well, so good luck. No, but there's good news. There's the gospel, the gift of God. He has given it to you. It's a gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Third verse is John 3, 3. We jump over to the uh, the Gospel of John. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. You need to be spiritually born. I, I love how in Romans, I'm reading through Romans in my devotions, Paul uses a lot of the terminology of you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And you see that a lot in the New Testament, um, especially the Pauline letters. Um you need to be born again. You need a spiritual birth because right now you are spiritually dead. Point number four, verse number four that I take them next to, John fourteen six. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John fourteen six. Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why do you think that verse is very important? I mean, obviously it's important because it's in the Bible. Why is that especially applicable to our day and age today? Anyone at the table can answer. I would just say that there is a sense of universalism that exists in our present day that people believe that all means of salvation are equal. So if I rely on Jesus or whatever means, whether that be uh, the teachings of Muhammad, the teachings of uh, Uh, the Hindu religion, those are just as valid as the teachings of Christ. However, here Jesus himself says, I am the way. When he says, I am the way, he means I am the exclusive way to salvation. I think in our culture today, it's very popular to sort of have this uh, spiritual positivism, if I can call it that. I had a friend who went to the For King and Country concert at the State Fair uh, last week. And I like for King Country. They do they do good they do good music. Um, I've gone to their Christmas concert. That was really good. But the, my friend said that during the concert they never mentioned the name Jesus once. It's a shame. That's kind of wild that you can be a top Christian contemporary music artist and not mention Jesus. Yeah. No. Obviously, their songs are religious in nature and you know spiritually uplifting and. Uh, you know, have obviously uh, a biblical ethos, 
but they never mentioned the name of Jesus once. And they were really taken back by that. And actually, it bothered them. And I'm, and I'm glad it bothered them because that, that would bother me. Like if I'm going to go see a Christian artist, why would they not talk about Jesus at least once? I went and saw a country artist the next night at the state fair. Not, not necessarily a Christian artist. Now this person is a Christian. And they did talk about Jesus at least three times at the concert full of Full of full of drunken heathen. So, uh, which I which I appreciated that he talked about Jesus. Talking to Jesus to them Bud Light consuming heathens. <laughs> we won't talk about that. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's not a I love God, so therefore I'm good to go. Well, I would say, well, which God? Right. Absolutely. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in a sermon, you know, people like to think that Allah and Jehovah are the same. They're just, you know, different Arabic is just Allah for for our term English God. I would say, no, they're not the same. Allah does not have a son named Jesus and Allah doesn't have even have a son or children. Jehovah does. Um, I am the way. It's very specific. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Moving quickly, Romans 10, 9 through 11, one of uh, probably my favorite verses in the entire Bible. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is written with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Why is this probably one of the most important verses you can take someone to when talking about them accepting the gospel or confessing their sins? Well, it doubles down on John 14, 6. John 14, 6 establishes the exclusivity of Jesus. And then Romans 10, 9 through 11 doubles down on that. It says that unless you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you won't be saved. And specifically in reference to Jesus being the Lord and Savior. Yeah, Jesus just isn't a good dude. No. He isn't a, just a moral teacher. He isn't someone to just, to just to pattern our life after, maybe said some good things, had some good teachings. He's, he's not your pal. Jesus is Lord. And you need to confess that with your mouth, and then you need to believe in your heart, what? That God raised him from the dead, meaning that he is divine, meaning that he conquered all of the sin in the world, and you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe. That's important. And are justified. That's also important. Justified means your you, your standing has then been, been made right with God. You have been moved from death to life. You have been transferred from the slave market of sin to the house of God. And then it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. I love how Scripture makes it very, very clear. It's important that you say it. Yes important that you say it out loud as the scripture says anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame moving quickly number six out of seven second corinthians 5 15 and he died for all he being jesus that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again jesus didn't die on the cross for us to continue living our life for ourselves or for our own benefit or for our own glory he died so that we could find true spiritual life in him and that's why he was also raised again right it's impossible to have christ as savior and not have him as lord 
There is no such thing as a carnal Christian, contrary to popular belief. There are Christians who are saved and walking with the Lord, and there are those who are unsaved. Yeah, and, and uh, listener, I hope you, I hope you've seen the natural progression, and then we're, we're of these verses. We're ending with number seven, Romans three, or excuse me, Revelation three twenty. And I love how it just ends with this cliffhanger. Here I am, and this is Jesus speaking. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So after walking through these six passages, this formula of verses to share the gospel with, it leaves with, man, Jesus is waiting to come into your life. He wants to come into your life. He, he wants to radically change you. He wants to make you a new creation. He wants to bring you from death to life. He wants to give you true purpose. He stands at the door and knock. All you have to do is open it. And what does that mean? Well, the last previous six verses, yeah, I mean, especially Romans 10, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Open the door to Jesus and he'll come in and radically change you forever. So, friends, we just wanted that to be an encouragement to you as hopefully you have a normal pattern of sharing Jesus without fear, just as the book's title says, and having a normal pattern of personal evangelism in your life. I hope that was a blessing to you. We'll put those verses in the show notes. So if you've missed something, we'll share that with you. Uh, just click on our podcast and scroll down and hit show more. You should be able to see that. Uh, on the topic of evangelism, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We have some good friends of ours, some fellow attenders of Ankeny Free Church, brothers in the faith. Uh, they are also uh, part and part of the leadership team of the Refinery, which is the young adult ministry here at Ankeny Free Church. Um, Calvin Miller and Joe Eller. And the reason why we have them here is because we have been able to see that played out recently in Joe and Calvin's life, particularly with Calvin coming to a saving faith of Jesus within the last um, two years. And so, uh, Calvin, Joe, I'm going to hand this over to you. Love for you to share uh, in tandem, however you want it, your story of of this calvin your perspective joe your perspective different things that's happened i I know i've heard this story before we've had you guys share this in student ministry and it's it was super powerful um but go ahead just just walk us through it um but yeah so it was it was two about just coming up on two years ago 2021 um i was living actually in cedar rapids with a couple of my old high school friends um not great people not christians to say the least they were Smoking weed, doing drugs, you know, doing a lot of other things, too. Um, I'd actually come home for the weekend because I was planning on moving back. And I had texted Joe and reached out to him and said, hey, well, what are you up to tonight? And he ended up invite, inviting me out to, uh, uh, was it, what did we do first? I think we went to basketball. Basketball, bowling. Calvin, I would love to see you play basketball. I really didn't play much, honestly. He, he sat on the court line for the most time. Yep. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, so then we went bowling, and then um, gosh, it was by eleven o'clock. We were back at the house, had some bebops. How did you guys know each other before oh. this? <laughs> um, we've known since uh, high school. Mm-hmm. We did uh, show choir together. Joe Eller did show choir. Just want to put that out. There. Show choir nerds. <laughs> Uh, JD, this might be a shock to you, but in Ankeny schools, show Massive. choir, 
just like the cool kid thing. It's the king, yeah. man. It's, yeah. it's kind of a cult. Not gonna lie. It's horrible. I hate <laughs> it's it. So it's toxic. Horrible. It is so, so toxic. toxic. <laughs> the things I've heard, I'm just like, why does this even <laughs> still exist? This is so bad. My kids are never doing show choir. When Kyle and I were seniors in high school, this will be the last digression I have about show choir. We were coming off a two or maybe three year like national champion streak for show choir. So it was a big deal in Ankeny at that time. Yeah, there's been several students in our student ministry and they're telling me about all these different fractions or groups within the show choir. And it's drama ridden and just unhealthy. And they all, what I, here's my beef with it. They always have like their big you know, competition of the year right around when we have our big like high school winter retreat. And it's always like, for some reason, the same weekend. It's super frustrating. It's always okay. planned around church stuff. It really is. It really is. It takes over your life. Yeah. So yeah, that's how we met. Um, so you guys knew each other in high school, Calvin, after high school, you moved to Cedar Rapids, Yep. was working up there, living with some roommates that weren't great people. Calvin, what did your relationship with God or your spiritual life look like in high school? Um, basically non-existent. I attended a, I did go to a Lutheran church, but at the time didn't really care, pay attention. I, I couldn't tell you anything. I could, I don't remember anything. Did you go like every Sunday with your folks nope. or I, Chris, you were, were you a priester? Once I'd probably be, go. I would go to what would be, um, what's it called? Confirmation. Confirmation. Yeah. Once a month. I didn't even go weekly. So, so you were like a fourth of the way confirmed, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a half baptism, <laughs> quarter confirmed, right? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but yeah, if you notice at the pool party on Wednesday night, I was dunking pretty hard. <laughs> you were slamming kids. I was. I was like, you're gonna be fully submerged. <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Kyle wasn't. That's okay. This <laughs> baptism's a little. That <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, but yeah, I was sprinkled right. as a child and everything too. So. But yeah, my church life was non-existent. I mean, I mean, we got in arguments before. Joe, what was what was your spiritual life look like in high school? Uh, not what it should have been. Not not what it should have been. But it was definitely. I mean, I had. I mean, I've gone to church, same church, my whole life. And shout out to Anthony Free. I've definitely <laughs> um the like I had I had leader after leader in my life just as far as people that would walk through life with me. I was one of them. And I started... Was Kyle one of your leaders in youth group back Kyle in the day? was one. I, he, yeah, he was. I got to be your youth pastor your last year of high school. That was a joy. You did? You yeah. Did. Um, it was definitely... I It was one of the... Like, I definitely... I knew all the right answers. I did have... Like, I do believe... I did have Christ in my heart, but I was not... I was not living the life that I should have been living. I knew I would... You go and want to talk to everybody and their dog about Christ, but I wouldn't want to want to actually have intimate time with them and devotional time with them, and just I didn't have the discipline to do that for myself. But here I am talking to everybody else, Calvin being one of them. I mean, we'd gotten in multiple arguments before to the point where he had gotten mad because I was talking to him about God too much. So in high school, you were very vocal about your faith in Christ, mm-hmm. but would and I'm just asking this because I don't know. If someone was to just kind of look at your life as an overview of like how you acted, decisions you made, how you held yourself, language you used, would they be like, yes, this person I, is a is a solid Christian? I had actually I had talked to um, Ken about that. It was a couple of weeks ago. I was at Fleet and Farm. McKenna is your McKenna wife. is my wife. Oh, shout are. out to McKenna. Shout out to old Kenna Joe. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah. So I was at I was at Fleet Farm. There's a guy that came up to me and I I. 
turns out I had shot trap with him, and he was a year or two under me, and he, like, knew everything about me. I felt bad I'd never seen before, but... <laughs> No, no, super nice guy, but, like, he knew me well enough to, like, he was around me enough, and he had, but I started talking to him, and I had, I had mentioned, I don't even know what it was I had said specifically, but he had mentioned, he was like, oh, so you, you go to church? And I was like, yeah, I was, I, I was like, kind of talked to him and had a chance to kind of open, open up that book with him, um, no pun intended, but, no, like, I just, I was really talking to him about that, and he had said, he was like, that's awesome. Like, I, ne- I never would have took it, taken you for that kind of person. Mm. And it just it broke my heart because I was just thinking about, like, that all hurts. the missed opportunities, all the missed chances to talk to people. And I just, I may have talked to some people about it, but looking back, it's like, you can tell someone to do something, but if you're not doing it yourself, then why would they have any, like, what authority do you have for them to listen to you about it? So, so I'm just trying to paint the picture for our listeners. So, Calvin, your faith is non-existent. You're not a Christian you have been exposed to, you know, quote unquote religion, uh, but it's nominal at best and uh, you don't see any value in it whatsoever. You grad, you have a relationship with Joe. You knew Joe was a Christian, uh, had conversations about it, but never really went anywhere. And, pro- you know, when I hear you were even setting up some roadblocks in your life, like, hey, like we could be friends, but don't talk to me about this stuff. Yep. Okay, yep. and then you move off to Cedar Rapids after high school, get a job, and you're and you're uh, working and, and hanging out with um, you know some not some not great roommates. Joe, you're in high school, uh, you're vocal about your faith, which is great, but at the same time, if someone looked at your life without hearing you talk about Jesus, they couldn't they wouldn't be able to tell that you were a Christian. Besides attending church faithfully, mm-hmm. um, okay, so that's just kind of where we're at. So Calvin, you move back. Uh, after not being, you know, with some great roommates, get, you know, hang out with Joe again and then like dive us into that this time. Um, so yeah, actually, I was, so I was still living, still I, living, right? So you haven't moved back yet. Yeah. You're just back for the Which, weekend or whatever. I'll get to that part in a second. But, um, yeah, so I did, we had hung out one night and we were just catching up. And I swear it was just, it was, we could have talked for hours about, um, just what had happened in our lives and that stuff. But, I think Joe had asked, um, we were just sitting there and he just, he just asked the question that I'll never forget it. It was, uh, if you were to go to, if you were to go out tonight, get in a car accident and die, um, how confident would you be that you go to heaven? And in that moment, I was like, I had no idea. I was like, probably not. <laughs> and it just took off from there. I mean, he went and grabbed his Bible and started talking. I mean, we talked for two, three, two hours at least. So like what I what I appreciate about that story is like Joe's not on an official visit from the church wearing his church <laughs> right. polo and his name tag. Excuse I did have me, on sir. blue jeans and a white button down. Do you so. have a moment to just talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Elder like Eller, you're sorry. just Elder. brother Eller. <laughs> this is brother from El- the Church of Latter Day Saints. Yeah, this is brother Eller. Latter Day Hawkeyes. Um, and you're just hey, doing life. Your old high school pals. You're just hanging out talking about whatever and then joe what i mean calvin i'll ask you did it kind of seem like just a natural part of the conversation maybe it seemed a little out of pocket but like was it just like you're just chatting and then all of a sudden joe's just like hey like going to hell like (laughs) if you were to die tonight like where do you like how do you think you'll go to heaven and you're like probably not yeah calvin i'll ask you had you thought about that before being from you know a nominal religious background, a Lutheran background, there are some good Lutherans out there. Um, Gospel believing, preaching Lutherans, there also are, are also are not. But had you ever like considered that 
you know, in your high school career, even post high school life of like, I am not right with God. And if I die tonight, like it would, it would not be good for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I never thought about it at all like that. I just kind of assumed for a while. And I mean, I was in a pretty dark place too, back in Cedar Rapids. I was you know, pretty, pretty depressed for the whole good chunk of it. I mean, I moved out there on a whim, but yeah, I had, I was not confident in that answer because I'd never been asked before, realistically. Never been asked. Nope. Um, and when Joe finally did ask it, I was, it just took me a second to be like, what? Yeah. But no, and I don't, I don't think it was really out of pocket. I mean, we were kind of talking about church and stuff and kind of Joe and McKenna getting married and kind of that stuff. I think it's kind of what led into it, if I remember correctly. And something that he had, um, we talked about after the fact is for anyone who knows me, I cannot speak worth a crap. I am not a, I am not a get in front of a whole bunch of Great. people. Great. Now the podcast preach. is going to get an ex, you know, an expletive rating. <laughs> said crap. There's going to be an E by this episode. <coughs> um, but no, yeah, e that's what episode. I do. E for evangelism. <laughs> Praise God. Oh my goodness. No, but I do remember like looking back on that night, like truly was the Holy Spirit speaking through me. Cause there was no way that I, like, I am not like, Shoot, I'm surprised there hasn't been a time during the podcast so far that I haven't, like, went to talk and forgot what I was going to say, because it happens all the time. It really does. And and that's what it's like, looking back on that night, it was just a constant flow, and it was, like, literally, like, one thing leading to another, and it was truly, I mean, it was, there was, it was, it was all in God's time at that point, and that's what was awesome about it. Okay, and Kyle and Hunter, feel free to chime in and ask questions, too, but... Um, okay, so Joe asks you, Calvin, that question, catches you off guard for a second, and then you're like, actually, yeah, no, I'm not confident at all that I'd go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Joe went and grabs his Bible. Um, and Joe, what did you – like, tell us what you then proceeded to share with Calvin. Because here's what I tell our students in student ministry all, our, all the time. Here's what, we sh- here's what we talk about in the refinery all the time. Even in church, like, be biblically literate. You can know all the Bible stories and accounts in the world, but if you do not know how to grab your physical Bible and share some passages from God's word that clearly walks to the gospel narrative from death and then God wanting to come in, Jesus wanted to come in their life. Like what good is your faith if you can't do that? What good is your spiritual walk with God if you can't simply do that? Um, and that's why we just hound our students in youth group, like bring your physical Bible to church, to youth group, to things like that. So what did you walk through? So going back to even what we talked about earlier with Romans Road and whatnot, um, I had walked him through. So the funniest part about it all was I had um, that week I had gone through Romans and I was I was like continuously going through Romans and. That but that week I had earlier like a couple days before this I had gone through Romans ten personally, and that combined with I'm, there was just oh, there were other things other other people that have told me to look into it too and it's just like but like timing wise like I had ended up going through it that week, and it was in such a way that was, I it just it it really resonated with me in a way that like really made me I was like, as soon as you read that like I read it I was just like. This is like this is so good. There's so many like I wish I could just like tell everybody about this, and because that's something that I had learned, especially working in the field that I work in. Because where I work is not there's not everybody is a Christian to say the least, and that was just a big thing that like I don't know, like I I try to always be looking for different ways to um like different ways to like connect with people and whatnot. But Romans ten it just talks about well just 
Romans 10 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and your heart. That is the word of faith we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is God for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And I just I had so I had already previously to this conversation I had with Calvin, I had already had time with God and just like going over this and it was I was truly like I was like after had really gone through that, I was looking for people like how can I like how can I be able to use this? How can I like really be able to like witness to others and like because it was such a clear it was such a like clean cut way to be able to like just um, proclaim the gospel to somebody, and that just after walking through that with him, it was amazing realizing like that's what made me jump up and go get my Bible was because I was like this is like God you know what you're doing and I'm not gonna let my lazy butt stop you. Like here's so, what I go ahead. Kyle. So what you're saying is that before you went and did evangelism to your friend, you didn't get like a, a seminary degree or anything like that. You didn't go to Bible college I mean, or not by a long shot. He had done some soil work. That's what he had done. <laughs> what? He had prepped the soil of his heart. Uh-oh. He had been spending time in the word of God. People are like, I just want God to use me. Well, are like, does like, go. do you even know God? You can, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. Are you asking me? I'm just kidding. No, I'm not asking you. I know what do the you, answer is. Do you know who God is? The step one to be a good evangelist is be in your Bible and know where things are and know just your fundamentals, your foundational Christian theology. Once you are there, you are able to share the gospel. I can't, I can't lead people to Christ or I can't expect to lead people to Christ if I'm not following after Christ myself. You can't I, lead someone somewhere you don't know where to go. Yeah, actions that are profitable for the kingdom are outflows from the spiritual workout I do every morning with my time with God. So here's what I appreciate about that story, Joe, is Calvin goes, yeah, no, I'm not confident at all. And then you weren't just like, well, I'll pray for you. (laughs) Or, well, okay, well, if you're not saved, you're going to go to hell. Hey, do you want to go get some nachos? Like, you didn't just skip that, you know, nugget of the time of conversation. Like, dude, like, I need to jump into action. Because I feel like a lot of times Christians, they get to that point. Like, okay, good. Like, you've brought someone to say, I do need God. In some sense, like, I, if I die, I, like, this is not good for me. And a lot of them just leave them at that cliffhanger of, well, hope you figure it out. Like, because they just don't know. They just don't know. But you did know what to do. Well, and that's one thing because even though, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that that's exactly what I want to do. I mean, at this point, it was like 2 a.m. And when I went outside, there was like two feet of snow on the ground. Sure. Of course, it was like 60 degrees the night before, good old Iowa. But no, like that's what, like I just, I didn't want to do it. But it's, that's one, like it was in that moment where it's just like you you can feel that tugging on your heart. That like true work of the Holy Spirit working through you. And I just like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like you're getting up to the water and it's just time to take that leap of faith and just like, all right, we'll see where this goes. It could, it could fall, but if we fall, we fall. So I just love in those moments where, and, and I'm sure Kyle under you felt this too. In times when it comes to talking with people about Jesus, sometimes you just kind of get that like, okay, like the Holy spirit's working. I don't know how to describe it. It's not a spider sense, you know, force star Wars type of feel. 
you just get this immense state in your uh, sense in your soul like the Holy Spirit right now is active and working in this person's life and they are falling under conviction. They are admitting sin. They are like placing faith and trust in Christ. It's a really, really cool thing. Right. I'd say for me, kind of when I get that feeling, it literally feels like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff and it's like, what do you do next? And for me, it's the spirit following what is what it's trying to lead me to, which is usually, hey, take the dive, go the next level, which can be frightening, but Honestly, when I do it, it it goes the right way. Which, and that's, if I've, I mean, in all my years of experience of being 21, that's one thing that truly, like, you will never. How long have you been 21? Uh, in all my years of being months, 21. Three months or so. Couple, all my years, years, now. years of experience <laughs> in life. No, but. You're in a run years. No, that's one thing, though, that, like, I, you will never regret the conversation you didn't have. Wait. You'll never. <laughs> you miss a hundred percent of the shots. Take two. Take two. Take two. Leave it in. Take two. Yeah. You will never regret the conversation that you have, though. You will never regret going, like taking that jump, taking that leap. When you know that it's God tugging on you, you will never regret that. It could. You could completely fall on your face. You could have. You could go in there, and the person could be completely dismissive. You could do all that. You will never regret taking that extra leap of faith, though. You could also do a very poor job, and God still makes it work. Um, One of my favorite stories is the conversion of R.C. Sproul, and somebody was reading to him Ecclesiastes, and the passage was about a tree that fell over and was dead, and that passage converted him because, in his mind, he was that dead tree. He recognized that he was sinful, and he said that is the passage that ultimately led to his conversion. I'm like, if somebody would preach that to me, I would be like, okay, I... Here's what I've come to learn about the Christian faith. A lot of it boils down to two jobs. Stay faithful and stay encouraged. And so, like, yeah, like, Joe, if you were, like, to completely just botch sharing whatever, and let's say you fumbled over your words or whatever, and let's, you know, say that night Calvin doesn't accept Christ, it would be very easy to be like, well, I suck. Like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like, I'm never talking with someone about Jesus. That was awkward and horrible. And, like, I hated it. Um, yeah, but, like, stay encouraged and stay faithful. All right, so Joe shares with you that passage from Romans. What's your what, what takes us, Take us through what happens next. Um, a lot of things. Uh, we just kept talking. I think another good question that he asked was, um, well, what, what do you think it means to be, like, a Christian? Um I was like, he's like, what do, you, what do you think it takes to be a Christian? I'm like, oh, man. Like, from what I've learned, it takes a lot of work. You got to show up to church every Sunday, and you got to either listen to the pastor speak. You, you got to do what we got to go Usually out. Usually it's pretty boring. Yeah, especially at my own church. Holy cow. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Why would I ever want to be a Christian? Be a right. good person. Do good deeds. I can't know? have fun. Yeah, what right. And um, he goes, nope, it's none of that. <laughs> it's super easy. All it takes is one thing. That's the get saved obviously and correction not easy simpler simpler sorry yeah that's good <laughs> distinction um yeah and because uh, i was i was honestly shocked because i thought that if i wanted to be a christian or if i was gonna be one it would take a lot of work and and i had to have to do be a good person all the time and be perfect and i was like i wasn't sure that that was even possible turns out that it is impossible to be perfect which was kind of relieving if you think about it too so yeah and then we moved on we read romans after that and um 
by the end of it, we we prayed, and that was the first time I'd ever actually prayed, like, real. I, you know, I can't tell you the last time before that I ever, if I ever prayed, that wasn't, like, at church, mm-hmm. just, like, the Lord's Prayer and stuff like that. So, and it was so surprising to me when we actually did pray, it was uh, because it was so open-ended, and, like, we were actually talking. It wasn't, like... The scripted thing. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, so it was that was that was cool too. It was more of a open ended conversation with God, not just a um, uh, just a script. And I I want to add to that too and piggyback off him. That night, I remember because we had when we were praying, we had um, like I I was able to lead him through just the sinner's prayer and just like really actually like make sure he truly understands what that means and not just reading words off a of paper, if you will. But I remember I had, so we kind of went through that, and then I wanted to pray for him, and I did that, and then I was like, if you want to pray on your own, this is, I mean, it's an opportunity to, but don't feel like you have to in the moment. And then there's like, a little bit of silence after I got done praying, and then right when I was about to, like, kind of close it out and land the plane, there was, he just, like, completely broke down. And it was just like, like, I had absolutely no doubt in my mind and heart that he was talking to Jesus, and it was a genuine conversation, like he was sitting right next to him, not just talking to me, so. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, since then, Calvin, since that day where you prayed those things, what ways have you seen change in your own life? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> where to begin? Um, actually, just... I think personally, I'm a lot happier as a person. I, I feel like I have a sound of peace, knowing that there is something after this. Um, and God has given me so many great opportunities since that night. Actually, uh, two weeks later, you know, I was trying to find a way how I was going to pay rent and still because I was moving back home, but I still was obligated to pay rent um, to my roommates, obviously because of the lease. Um, my apartment flooded, believe it or not, and that gave me the opportunity to get out of my lease and come home. Not yeah, get out of a bad situation. Yeah, right. just cut it off. Because who knows what would have happened? Like, oh I just God. went back to that lion's den. You know what I mean? Yep. And it just it ended up working out, man. I got, and then I got my dream job. Literally, as I'm packing my truck full of wet clothes and other stuff, I'm packing my truck and I get I get a call from Klein Electric, which is where Joe and I both work, um, saying I got a job and that they wanted me to start uh, the following Monday, and then. Gosh, even since then, it's just been a true blessing of just how God's worked in my life. I got to one of my roommates who is now um, a Christian who has been saved as well. His name's Nate. Um, because he saw what the Lord did in my life, it brought him to Christ too, which was mm. truly amazing. And it was literally almost a year later on the dot within like two weeks, mm-hmm. which I think is truly amazing. An example of uh, God ordaining a seemingly bad thing that turns out to be immeasurably better than you could have even imagined it would have been. Yeah, so what's cool is, since, so, fast forward, Calvin, you've been baptized. Mm -hmm. You are an integral part of our church. Multiple serving opportunities, um, greeting on Sunday morning, just kind of odds and ends stuff around the church, helping outside Lay sod, you know, lay sod, do landscaping stuff. You are part of our young adult um, ministry uh, leadership team here at our church, uh, which flowed out of you two. Mm-hmm. I mean, approaching me on a Sunday morning last uh, spring 
and was asking, hey, we want to start this. Um, and so, I mean, and, and there's been a missions trip that's happened yeah. because of the refinery. Um, there um, has just, just been a lot, a lot of cool things. And, it, I mean, obviously all glory to God. But a lot of it starts from that conversation that night. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, super cool. Good. You guys are my friends, both of you. It's a joy to be your pastor as well. And it's just a joy to serve the Lord with together with you. Um, any closing thoughts between anyone else at the table, the four of you? I, I did have one quick thing, which Lord knows with me, it's never quick. But I did want to say that it's come from um, Jeremiah 9, 23. But thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And that's something that I just, I want it to be encouraging to people, especially like even the one sitting here at the table, because it's like, it's it can be really hard in the world when I mean it's not it's not something that's taken very lightly sometimes when you want to go out and witness to people. There's a lot of people that they'll get in your face real quick just because you talk about something that they don't want anything to do with. But that's the one thing I mean, we're told not to boast, but that's the one thing we're told to boast about. And so it's remembering that you are the vessel, you are the it's Jesus isn't a part of your life, he is your life. He's the reason for your life and just remembering that and having that be your reason why in life. Um, yeah, going off that, I mean, I would say just even even if it feels awkward, uncomfortable, or you just don't feel like it's your, your right or place to tell somebody about who Jesus is, do it anyway. It's so worth it eternally because then if, even if, and I love this, I heard this from a friend um, <laughs> about They've, at this place we go to, it's called putting the pebble in the shoe. And it's a great analogy because eventually, at some point, you're going to stop and you're going to take the pebble out. And that pebble can be Jesus. And then it'll literally lead to other things. Kyle, you want to lead us out? Yep, I have our benediction for tonight. Numbers 624 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Personal evangelism. You can do it. Bye-bye, everybody. Praise God, baby. (laughs) That's obviously going to be cut out. (laughs) Anyways. How awkward would it be if I forget to cut that out? (laughs) I forgot to cut it out. Hey, you guys want to proofread this for the...